Tonight's gospel reading is about the shepherds and the way the angels came to them. And before I read the gospel, I'd love for you to make yourselves a little bit comfortable. And in a moment, we're going to turn off the lights. Let's start. Take a moment to settle yourselves. Have you ever been in a field at night, quite high up? Maybe it's a little bit cold and you wrap yourself in a blanket. Put yourself in the shoes of the shepherds that night and perhaps you can hear the sound of the fire crackling, the sheep munching at the grass, somebody sighing and turning over. Let's hear the story. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb.
quiet night, ripped apart by the sounds of angels singing. I don't know if they sang the Messiah, but perhaps something a little bit like it. So why did God choose to show these angels? Why did he choose to rip open that curtain between heaven and earth to shepherds? Well, first of all, royalty is always announced. A few years ago, actually it feels like a lifetime ago, Simon was given an award by the Queen and we got to go to the palace, Buckingham Palace, and we all got, the whole family got new outfits. You know, there was, I remember going, I had to wear a hat. I'd never worn a hat and I haven't worn a hat since apart from a woolly one. And we went and I, I was in this fancy shop and the ladies all said, you know, why are you buying a hat? And while well, I'm going to the palace, and you know, everybody joined in at that point. And there was a huge, anyway, this is a little bit of a, an aside. But um, everyone was, we got to the palace and we went into this huge ballroom and everybody was dressed in their best outfits. And there was the band playing and we were expectant and excited. And eventually we were told to stand. And the queen was announced. There was huge reverence and respect in the room. And she's just a human being. So this royalty, this king, this king of all heaven had to be announced. But why to shepherds? Why people who had no influence or strategic thinking? Why not tell the White House or BBC or Fox News or almost anywhere other than a group of random shepherds on a hillside in the middle of nowhere. This is a bit like a, a crowd of angels turning up under Key Bridge and singing to the, the homeless, the people who are sleeping rough on the streets, when truly the places of power are just up the road. Why tell the dispossessed, the homeless, the lowliest, these are not the people who can make things happen. As Bonhoeffer said, God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments and performs his wonders where one would least expect them. God is near to lowliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak, and the broken. This moment on that hillside was a holy moment of immense importance. The closest God had come yet to his people is to inhabit a human mother. And he chose to tell shepherds. I'm mean, always intrigued. If you go through the Bible and look, you will see many references to shepherds. And God self-identifies as a shepherd by, in many of the prophets. And if you read Ezekiel, you will hear that beautiful passage, or you heard it a minute ago, where God talks about how he will shepherd his people. And many of you will know the psalm which King David wrote, which talks about the Lord is my shepherd. And one thing I like is that although we don't really have shepherds hanging around in South Arlington, it's a very simple image. It's a good metaphor that any of us can grasp, this idea of a shepherd taking care of sheep. And so God pulls back the curtain and the shepherds hear this incredible joy breaking out in heaven outside a little field in Bethlehem. And one of the ways that I think of a place like this is to think of it as a thin space. There's an old idea in Celtic Christian thought which talks about thin spaces. 
It really came as a pre-Christian idea from the Irish Celts, but like many pre-Christian traditions, it was somehow adopted by early Christianity in this understanding that there are sometimes places where the secular and the divine are very close together. In Celtic Christianity, they say heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in thin places, that distance is even shorter. The place where the sacred and the secular meet and holiness breaks into time and space. I don't know if you've ever been to a place which you would describe as a thin place. I've been to some of the kind of Celtic ones like Iona in Scotland and St. David's in Wales. And actually Amy and I had the opportunity to go to what's called the Shepherd's Field just outside Bethlehem earlier this year. There is something beautiful about a place like that, a place where you feel like if you can just sit still enough, you will hear angels sing. Holy places, thin places, holy moments, thin moments. That hillside on that evening was a very, very thin place, a place where the humblest people in the community were the first ones to be welcomed to witness the birth of God incarnate. A little baby born to a young mom in a rather unsalubrious place. It might have even been a space where the shepherds were used to. It might be where they went to when their sheep wanted to give birth. It was kind of their sort of turf. A little practical earthiness of it all. And one of the things I love about the way that Scripture records this account is that it talks about the shepherds wandering. And I think thin spaces are always those places which call us to wonder. For each of us, perhaps the two thinnest moments in our lives are the two which we will be least cognizant of, our birth and our death. And those are both moments when heaven and earth collide. We're all de facto present on the day that we are born, and on the day that we die. And some of us might have the privilege of occasionally being witness to somebody else's birth or even somebody else's death. I've had the joy of sort of, yes, no, the joy of giving birth three times. I'm not going to tell you the stories. Uh, but they are holy moments. But perhaps even better for me are the moments when I've had the opportunity to go and be with people who I am pastor to, as they have given birth. Often if you call the pastor to the birth, it's because something unexpected is going to happen. Sometimes those moments of death and birth collide, but they are holy moments. The opportunity to be a witness to a birth is a privileged one. Its birth is a very thin moment. A first cry, anticipation fulfilled deep sense of holiness. Heaven is close, and we wonder. The moment of death is another thin moment, and I've also had the privilege of sitting with people as they have come close to and, and as they have died. And again, there is an incredible sense of the holiness of that moment as God reaches in to grasp their hands through time and space. One moment here, and then a final breath, and they are gone, breathing the breath of heaven, leaving us behind and wondering and waiting. 
The people I have had the privilege of witnessing this with have all been in the last stages of chronic illness and so have generally been quiet. And those phrases of slips away or passes are gentle terms for what is in fact always a wrenching moment as people are torn from those of us who remain. A tearing that cannot be repaired in this life. There's a holy sense of a very holy moment. They may be gone, but they're not forgotten. And they're so close and present to us in our memories as we hold on to that expectation that we will be reunited in a heaven-bound future. The sense of holiness compounds the horror of violent death. And Simon and I went with some friends this week to watch the movie We Will Not Grow Old about World War I. And it brought home again the sheer horror of war. People dying in what appear to be very, very unholy moments. But God is always there too on the battlefield. The Holy Spirit always bears witness to our pain and suffering. And the Holy Spirit is also so close as we struggle on less tangible battlefields. We all experience them, perhaps feelings of hopelessness or depression or despair or addiction or coping with the experience of chronic pain or injustice. Places where we so desperately seek the experience of that hand of God, where we want that space to be thin between heaven and earth. Where God is near and the space is thin. My sister Sandra struggles with schizophrenia and almost every day she asks me where our brother and sis, parents who have all died are. And she wants to be reminded and she wants to know whether we will see them again. So day after day I go through rehearsing this again with her when I say that space is thin. One day in a thin moment God will reach in and hold our hands and angels will sing and heaven will be expectant and we will see those we love again and for now we wonder. Advent is a very thin time where we look forward both to the birth of Christ and we will celebrate that with such joy tomorrow. The birth of Christ, the Lamb of God, the thinnest moment in the history of the world. But also when we begin to look to the second coming, when God, Christ will come again, not as a baby, but as the ultimate victor to claim the world as his own. That will be another extraordinary moment when the whole earth will experience the thinness of space and time, the whole heaven and earth will be filled with angels singing, and that thin curtain will be ripped away forever. The ultimate, the ultimate thin moment. No longer will heaven be three feet away. It will come as a present reality. Thin spaces will vanish and not be needed anymore. So what about us now? How do you know when you're in a thin moment? And a thin moment can come in joy as well as in sorrow, in delight as well as in pain. Sometimes it just requires us to stop and listen, to pay attention to where God is at work. And that's really what the shepherds did. They stopped, they paid attention, they did as they were told, they went and they wandered, headed to the manger to look at a baby with faith. Thin moments come when we pay attention to the work that God is doing. Thin moments of God's self-revelation and disclosure, normally through the Holy Spirit in some lovely way, when God touches the earth 
with healing or solace or wisdom as the Holy Spirit speaks and heals and comforts and guides. I'm expecting some thin moments this Christmas, conversations when we will ponder the birth and angels will hover and the Holy Spirit will touch us and we will wonder. I'm expecting some thin moments over Alpha in January and February when people who do not yet know Jesus start to ask questions. Is he really true? Ask whether he really sees. Does he know? Does he love you? And I feel like angels will hover and the Holy Spirit will speak and we will wonder. I'm expecting thin moments next year in our community, moments of deep joy, perhaps literal births, perhaps moments of deep sadness. And with the privilege of being your pastor, I may accompany some of you through some of those thin moments in this year ahead. But we will be there together as a community and angels will hover and the Holy Spirit will comfort and guide and we will wonder. And I am expecting some thin moments in the year ahead when perhaps we will also do battle in some of the hard places in our bodies, minds, hearts and spirits, perhaps in our community, when we will ask God to help us make choices which bring good and not harm to ourselves and others. And we will ask him to stretch out his hand through time and space and angels will hover and the Holy Spirit will draw our attention towards God and we will wonder. Thin moments, thin places. Take heart. Be encouraged. God is at hand. He's not far away. God is with us, breaking through in thin places. So we need to pay attention when we hear the angels sing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, precious Jesus, we thank you so much that you broke through with angels to announce the birth of Jesus. Thank you for thin spaces. Will you help us to pay attention to when you are so close that if we just listen, we will hear your voice? Will you help us to pay attention when moments are so thin and we don't quite know what to do with ourselves? Will you help us? to hold on to the fact that you are near. Will you help us to appreciate the thin moments, the holy moments, when you are close? Amen.